Welcome everyone to Spaces with Josie. I am your host, Josie the Redheaded Libertarian. Can y'all hear me okay? Go ahead and throw up your emojis down there at the bottom, heart with a plus sign. Awesome. All right, wonderful. Well, thank you all for being here and thank you to my live streamers on TimCast.com. Thank you again for subscribing and becoming a member. I'm looking forward to today's space. I'll be interviewing Jake, Blaine, and David from Crane and, I guess, Crane and Co. Or is it Crane and Company? I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Either will do. Yeah, either one. All right, good. All right. So uh, I'll be interviewing you all um, who were in the Lady Ballers through the Daily Wire. So welcome, gentlemen. Hello, for having us. For sure. I'm very excited. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank y'all for being here. So can y'all tell me a little bit about what you do, who you are? Mm-hmm. Well, we we do the sports show for the Daily Wire, uh, mm-hmm. Crane and Company. It's a week, weekly show. We, we've been putting stuff out on the weekends uh, with college football and the NFL, but we go live each weekday morning, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, you can catch it on Daily Wire Plus. Uh, we're live on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, we do live call-ins and have a live chat. And, and obviously, we're uh, Jackie, Blair, and Davida from the Lady Ballers. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Doug Dead So naturally, when Jeremy Boring wanted to make a movie about men competing in women's sports, he had to turn to the sports guys at the Daily Wire. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, that would be the natural way of things, one would think. So. Well, and when you have a guy who's six seven, who obviously yeah, can I mean, put in there and play center, you know, yeah. it's just a perfect. You have, match, Cone, it's a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Cone, Cone, one hundred percent looks like they get, they're going to make like a thirty for thirty about him playing like power <laughs> forward. I think you mean like you have 70. a beautiful, brave woman who's six seven. Thank you. That's yeah. true. That's true. It's yeah. stunning. Absolutely Play, girl. a stunning and brave woman who is six foot seven. That's Thank you, Josie. You're welcome. Yeah, for sure. And so in a world where women's sports are being transformed, the uh-huh. Daily Wire calls foul with the most triggering comedy of the year. Their first feature-length comedy, Lady Ballers, mocks the recent and controversial phenomenon of men competing in women's sports. The movie is a Daily Wire original directed by the company's co-founder, Jeremy Boring. So, so y'all y'all played the Lady Ballers in, in this movie. Was this your first time acting? Yeah, I mean, in a movie, yes. I mean, we, we did the live show, but uh, yeah, it was our first time acting, and, and it was a lot of fun. Cool. So, is there like a fun story any of you have from like? I mean, you're working with a bunch of really cool, funny, just incredible people. So, do you have any any good stories from from your recording? Hey, wait, tell them about the wrestling. Tell them about the wrestling part. Oh yeah, sure. I don't know. I mean, it, it was funny just until it until it happened. You know, it, it, I don't want to. There's a scene in this movie, and you saw it on the trailer, where I'm actually picking up, all right, a 140-pound girl and slamming her full force into a mat. And look, we did this take about 13 or 14 times. The first time I did it, I watched her soul leave her body. It was one of the roughest things I had to do. That girl was an absolute champion. They were pros, though. Those stunt girls were incredible. I mean, they They were were helping guide us on how to, like, properly execute some of these dunks and some of the techniques that Blaine's talking about. And the, the fact that that made us uncomfortable is the purpose, right? Like that that's the whole point is that men should not feel comfortable competing in women's sports and in women's spaces. No, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, without a doubt. I would say I would say some of it's like you in the movie. It's it's hard to tell, which is a good thing. But some of it was was ad libbed, and we'd get together with with Jeremy or whoever's in the scene and and add stuff to it. Like when when we're playing against the girls, like all the kind of you know one liners and stuff. A lot of that was uh, improvised, which it was really good to see it make the movie. And that's what made it fun to me. I thought I thought some of the funniest times were. Uh, some of the ad lib stuff. You know, another thing too is like to go just a little bit farther back. Like, you know, two of the voices of reason for me over the course of this past decade, when things have crumbled so so sadly in our society, two of those voices have been Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson for me personally. Mm-hmm. So the fact that one Ben Shapiro found our show, he's the one that brought us in. He's a sports fan. That already, I have to pinch myself every morning, and it's incredible. But then to be on the set of a feature length movie, yeah. acting in scenes with Ben Shapiro and talking about what lines we were going to ad-lib, how we could play off of each other, that I just, I had to sit there and say like, wow, this is an incredible opportunity and we, we have to deliver and we have to make the most out of this project and I hope that we did. Definitely, and you know, you talked about ad-libbing lines, you know, Will Ferrell, most of his lines yeah. are ad-libbed, they just let him they just let him go. Yeah, Same thing. Yeah. stuff comes out. Yeah. Robin That's Williams, like, too. You, um, you feel the freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I think it was Aladdin when they were filming Aladdin. They've got like five hours of tape of Robin Williams just spitting, just just going <laughs> off. And they had to pull all of his lines from, you know, this. they had so much footage. But, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Oh, I like, bet. You can yeah, look, when, you're, when you're in the zone, you're in the zone. Mm-hmm. That was one great thing about Jeremy Boring. I mean, when you have a director who's also acting in the picture and who also – uh, wrote the screenplay, you know, like he knew exactly which scenes he wanted on book and on script and which scenes he would allow us to sort of see, hey, let's throw some spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And it was it was about 50-50. I think when you watch the final project, you know, uh, uh, you know, 50% of the best stuff in there are things that were scripted by awesome screenwriters and 50% of the stuff are moments where he allowed us and not just the three of us, but professional comedians like Tyler Fisher. And I mean, there are some real heavy hitters in this movie. Movie, you know, allowed them the freedom to really bring their A game to the project, and I think it shines when you watch the film. Mm. This is something. This this is something I'm really passionate about. Is um, getting. I, I'm raising three daughters. One of them is an incredible, incredible athlete. Uh, she's a freshman in high school, and she's on varsity for soccer. Mm. So she's incredible, oh, nice. incredible athlete. So back, uh, I, I moved from Massachusetts to Florida. Um, because there was congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Yep, free state of Florida. So, um, <laughs> at the Better time, weather. she was in middle school, and they were playing boys and girls at the same time. And that was kind of um, I, I was seeing some red flags, like you know, her getting bodied by you know big middle school boys, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and and knowing that well, there's not going to be as many opportunities for for her um, well, here. Yeah, well, like, how did we, how is this even an argument? Like, l- listen, <laughs> if you want to argue about immigration or taxes or foreign policy, let's do it. Like, the fact that this is even an argument, you know, men and women's sports, mm-hmm. to me, it's 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 absurd. I think it's one of the three reasons why the aliens won't talk to us. But <laughs> in all seriousness, and and you know, it's something that we've had Riley Gaines on. Mm-hmm. I grew up with a sister who played sports. The whole reason women's sports were invented, and you see this in the movies, was to keep men out. And mm-hmm. and it's just so absurd that we've gotten to a point where this is an argument. I personally do not know one person 
that truly believes that there is no un, there is no advantage for a man in in a female sport. Uh, that's why you haven't seen women come and take over men's sports. It's just it's part of it. That doesn't mean that women's sports isn't isn't important or it can't be fun to watch. But women need to play against women. Men need to play against men. But it, it just seems like there's so many other things that we could be arguing about. This one just it blows my mind that it's even a thing. But it is. And the saddest part is. Some people say that the movie's a documentary, which which I laugh, but but it's sad at the same time. No, no, I I, I agree with that. Uh, it's it, it blows my mind that this is even a conversation that we need to have. Men have advantages over women naturally. Um, they're ten percent faster. There's a longer arm arm reach. Uh, they have longer legs, just genetically speaking, like as a whole, um, you know, they can point out the, yeah. the the anomalies that don't have this. But then lung capacity, you have larger lung capacity, so endurance. I mean, you don't, have to be, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes yeah. to figure this mystery out. Like, this is an easy one. This is a fastball down the middle. Can we just knock out the park and move on? <laughs> right? It, I mean, that would that would make sense. But, you know, you don't want to hurt the feelings of these mentally ill boys with cluster B mothers who... Uh, well, we certainly Need certainly did, <laughs> lady ballers. Well, that, that's the stuff I'm talking about. So, who inspired this movie? I'd read somewhere that Joe Rogan could have helped inspire this movie. Is that true? <laughs> well, you know, every time that we interview Ben Shapiro, which is about once a month, we always joked about trying to get Blaine to infiltrate the WNBA. Yeah. Let's really run this behind enemy lines. Star player. Really, Immediate really, star player. Let's run, this, let's, let's run this experiment out and see. And that morphed into, well, maybe all three of us should try and do something. Well, maybe we should shoot a documentary or a mockumentary. And Ben Shapiro was really big on this idea. And then one day he calls us and says, actually, you know, let's, let's put a halt on all the ideas we've been talking about because Jeremy actually has a scripted feature that he's working on and he's been wanting to tackle this issue for a while and I think you guys are going to be pretty happy with uh, with what is delivered to you soon so we just sort of sat on standby and Jeremy Boring came up to us one day Quentin Tarantino does to be honest he said sure. I've got three screenplays here <laughs> and you have two hours to read them I want you to report back and tell me what you think and I don't know about you boys but I laughed for two hours straight yeah. thing. Uh, he gave y'all two hours Hours, he gave me an hour and a half. That's <laughs> and, Blaine can, and Blaine can't even read. Look, <laughs> look, I'm not gonna say I can't. I'm not gonna say I can't read, but I'm not a speed reader. I'm not LeBron James. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all have um i did a little bit of research so y'all have some background in um in sports right college oh yeah, yeah. correct can can you correct. tell me a little bit about that yeah david tell them where you play david I, I was fortunate to play quarterback at the University of Michigan, which yeah. was. Oh, Tom you know, Brady. I mean, I'm from. I'm from. What'd you say? Is, is that Tom Brady or is he Michigan? That is Tom Brady. It is okay. exactly the great. David is it. Tom Brady. I, uh, also, Elon Musk. Just look at you know <laughs> our careers, our football careers went slightly different. You mm -hmm. know, mine and Tom Brady's, but I still oh, consider us a part of the ball. You're right. Your profile picture does kind of look like a mix of Elon Musk and Tom Brady if they all had a baby. So I see that. Yeah. yeah. Look, I just yeah. I tell people. Tom Musk. I've embraced the discount Elon Musk uh, title at this point. But, yeah, I mean, I'm from South Georgia. All I wanted to do was play football growing up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate to be able to go to the University of Michigan. I didn't think I would go a 1,000 miles away from home to do it. But I was very fortunate to do that. And some of my best friends there were, were girls who were also athletes at the university. And it, it all comes back to this idea that when I think about, you know, some of the opportunities that they would lose out on if we just allowed men to take over those spaces is one of the reasons reasons that I jumped at the chance to be a part of this project. Mm. And Jake, what about you? 
Yeah, well, I actually uh, played baseball in college at South Alabama. Uh, football was always always my passion. I, I wanted to try and play whatever sport I was able to at the highest level in college, so I ended up not playing football. Uh, got into to coaching football. I actually did that for uh, nine and a half years, uh, six at the Division One level. Uh, loved it, and then COVID happened and just started talking into a mic when they uh, sent us back when it was kind of all up in the air, and it turned basically turned into this, which uh, it, it's a crazy story, but... Yeah, I mean, it's something, look, me and Blaine, uh, our father uh, played in the NFL, coached for a long time, so sports was something we grew up with. It was it was a big part of our upbringing and, and kind of the, the thing that bonded us together the most. And so, uh, yeah, d- did it uh, on the field and, and now doing it um, in, in the sports media game and, and I guess the acting game now. Blaine, I guess you could say that. I mean, absolutely. I mean, if we're trying to make the new Batman in two years, of course. Later. Yeah, like I'm, I've been waiting to be the Joker for so long. Yeah, I'm going to be Catwoman. Yeah, I think you should, Dave. I you should, should, David. That suit on you, that's six, seven Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Nice. Give the, give the people what they want. Well, I played quarterback for the Cowboys, 85 through 90. <laughs> um, obviously, in the Hall of Fame, no. Uh, you know, I, I played football at Western Colorado. Uh, it's in Gunnison, Colorado. It's absolutely freezing. It's a highest elevated place there. Uh, played there for a couple years. Um, my claim to fame is playing with Austin Eckler. If you don't know who it is, he starts uh, running back for the Chargers. Then he got straight into the coaching. Uh, did the coaching football four or five years. I mean, you learn a lot of lessons on the way. And not only coaching football, but it helps uh, with a couple women's teams, too. So, you know, that kind of hits home for me. But after that, you know, COVID hit, like the same thing Jake said. I see, I know I'm in Tupelo, Mississippi. He's talking to a mic, and we're doing all this stuff. I say I'm in Atlanta, and I say, you know, I'm arguing with Bitch Shapiro on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild, like, just looking back how, how fast your life can change. Like, yes, in, in just for sure. America. Yeah. yeah. So as a, as a new Southerner, because like I said, I was uh, spent my life in Massachusetts, Oh, yeah. I need a college football team to root for. Do you all have a, a preference? Oh, or, yeah. You know, we do. I mean, yeah, it's we a do. culture David, down here. Congratulations. I'm an Auburn fan now? Yeah, all right, cool. how about we limit it to a team that's in the college football playoff? No, she no, can no, be no. a Michigan fan. No. <laughs> it's uh, it's Auburn. Welcome home, Jesse. Welcome yeah. home. It's Auburn. All right, I'm writing yes. that down so I don't forget Auburn. Yes. Okay, cool. I'm gonna take um. So I put up there in the chat if y'all can see up there in the jumbotron. I wrote drop your lady ballers questions in the comments. So we're gonna do it a little different as we go through this interview. I'm just gonna drop into the comments every now and then and. Pick one, pick a question to read if. So all of my people uh, listening, you can go ahead right there down there at the bottom right. There's the place for you to comment. You can drop a comment if you have one for any of the guys. Uh, let me see what I got so far. Some of these are going to be obnoxious, so I'll try to skip those. All right. Oh, look. Right right all right. Is it more like, okay, so Pines and Wind Chimes Lo-Fi asks, is it more like Super Troopers or Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Is it on the nose with politics? I'm not sure. That's a long-term winning strategy, but good for them on the new art. Can you compare it to any of that? Uh, it's To me, it's. I think one of the reasons it's, it's had the success that it's had uh, is that it's like those, those old-school, you know, comedies like Old School and Dodgeball and Wedding yeah. Crashers, the ones like I, I grew up with that, that they weren't afraid to offend people. Like, that's what that's what comedy should be. Mm-hmm. And it seems like nobody's made that one in a while. Uh, it, on the nose, I mean, uh, to me, it's it's making fun of, of political correctness. I think it's making fun of things in society. We talked about men playing women's sports. Uh, but there's more than just that in there, that if, you know, you're a rational thinking, common sense person, that that understands that comedy sometimes is is meant to offend 
Uh, I think it's right up your alley. If you like old school wedding crashers and that stuff, you'll like this. Yeah, and dodgeball for sure. I mean, the thing about this, if this movie led with the message first, like this, first of all, I don't understand how keeping men out of women's sports is political to begin with. But if you consider that politics, if this movie led with a political message first, it would either be a failure or it would be a success in these small sorts of conservative circles. Well, right now we're talking about 95% on Rotten Tomatoes audience store. We're talking about 60% from the critics review on Rotten Tomatoes. Like this is a good movie first. And to me, it works in three tiers. And it was the same way with the screenplay. And it's the same way when I got to see the the final cut of the film. It's funny first. And if you're going to make a comedy, it has to be funny first. The second part of it is this movie has so much heart. Some of the best scenes in the movie between coach and his daughter and coach and us as players, like the movie has so much heart, which really helps guide the, the narrative of it. And then third, lastly, you leave thinking, oh, yeah, maybe one thing in our society that should be bifurcated is keeping men and women's sports separate. But that's not the first thing I see when I watch this movie. It's just a funny, good movie. And I think a lot of people really are craving kind of that old comedy because it's really gone away. It's all gone. All of it's gone woke. It's sad, you know, so we all kind of want that, you know, 90s SNL back. We want that. Oh, yeah. The wedding crashes. I don't want to watch Seth Rogen and and, and Zac Efron sell weed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's just not funny, you know. So, so I think that that it's good to kind of people need to laugh. Like we're we're in a place right now where there's just everybody's so demoralized, and and laughter it, there's so much power to that. So I really appreciate that y'all. Yeah, well, it's a great unifier too, right? Yes. Like like uh, it's I always say it's like sports is a great unifier. If I'm at the game watching my team and somebody sitting next to me and, and we're both rooting for the same team, when we score and we high five. It's not based on who you voted for during the midterms. Mm-hmm. Like we're, yeah. it's, it's a unifier. I, I think comedy is the same way. You hit the nail on the head with the '90s SNL. That's what I grew up on. My father showed me all of those. You know, oh, Chris dude. Farley mm-hmm. and Dana yeah. Carvey and Phil Hartman. I mean, those were the years where it was kind of like, even if it was, even if it was slightly left of center, maybe in the way that it approached politics, it still made fun of everyone. Sort of like a South Park for a later generation, I guess. But I think this has this movie has a lot of '90s. 90s SNL vibes to it. Oh yeah, that was kind of the vibe I got watching the trailer. Even for it, I was like, "This is <laughs> this is reminding me of some old school stuff, which I've, I've yeah. missed so much." Which, by the way, I'll break this news to y'all right now. You're the first to know about it. Rob Schneider has agreed to do a space with me, so we'll get some 90s SNL in here. Nice. In January. Yes. 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 Rob's the man. He is the awesome. I big, can't big wait. That's gonna be fun for sure. All right, let's uh, jump to another question. This is from. Um, Michelle Pimentel, did Daily Wire have a hard time getting Daniel Considine to join the cast? Maybe I've missed the photos or the interviews, but I haven't heard or seen anything from him at the premiere or after. Meanwhile, Tyler Fisher has done a couple interviews, so I'm just curious. Daniel's overseas shooting their next project, isn't he, boys? Yeah. Yeah, I mean Daniel's uh, right, right back over there with uh, with with Pendragon. Um, uh, Daniel, I think he had there was a family deal, I believe, or something I, at the premiere. But uh, no, I've I haven't heard anything negative from Daniel. I, I know they're busy over there knocking that out. They had to go. Uh, Jeremy, how he goes from one thing to the other so quickly uh, when you when the time demands that that he has 
going over to Pendragon. I mean, Daniel, you know, having to do the same thing, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, we wrapped at 7.15, what was it, boys? 7.15 a.m. on our last yeah. day. We watched the sunrise as we wrapped Lady Ballers. They had, a, they had a wrap party for us that evening, and the very next day, Jeremy took off overseas to begin work on Pendragon. And, yeah, I mean, as far as I've seen with some of the behind-the-scenes photos and stuff, he took Daniel with him and, and cast him in Pendragon, which I think is awesome because Daniel's such a such a brilliant part of Lady Ballers and a lot of the producers and most of the crew we worked with um, went over there to shoot that as well so I can't wait for all of those uh, all of those guys to get back over here so we can celebrate together so what's the what's the theme of, of this new movie that they're filming it's 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 kind of in in a sense you're you're Game of Thrones. I know it's based off uh, King Arthur. I, I wasn't as familiar uh, with it until you know Jeremy and them announced it, and, and you know I, I, I've looked it up, and, and mm-hmm. obviously excited to see what they come up with. But it's uh, it's it's more, more your medieval times King mm-hmm. Arthur style. And I think it's a series as well, not yeah. just a, not just a single film. But to to answer that question correctly, you probably have to get Jeremy Boring on, and I'm sure he'd love to talk about it for awesome. sure. Cool. I'll, t- I'll try to I'll try to get him on when he's got some time for sure. All right. This is another question. Uh, and if any of these questions don't make sense to you, I I don't know. I'm just I'm just the messenger, so you can skip them or whatever. <laughs> All right. So Q's mode, Jimbo. How in the hell did the Badger manage to make it out of David Adam Cohn's basement? Does explain, that David. Yeah, David. David explain. Give an explanation. There's not a not a Badger alive that could make it out of my basement. So let's just let's just hope that that'll be answered. Look, we have to have a sequel, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's basically I think where where Jeremy's headed with this thing is a is a Badger sequel or spinoff or something. But yeah, no Badger Jimbo would ever make it out of my basement. I don't Mr. care what you Impossible. saw. It's a deep fake. Okay, Impossible Seven. David versus the Badger. <laughs> that's exactly right. I'd watch it. The mission is always so impossible until they die. I just, I I absolutely love that, Josie. The fact that, you know, like if you're going to do, if we're going to make a slapstick comedy film, right, Mm -hmm. and we're already playing characters that have our names, right, we're kind of ourselves in many respects, it's like, let's get absurd with this and let's have some fun, especially for this archetype where, you know, a central character, in this case, Coach Rob, goes and recruits his former team and tries to convince them to under, you know, for a new task and a new undertaking. Let's make it as absurd as possible. Well, they certainly did that. The screenwriters did because with my character having blown it in a championship game, and I have this like fetish with killing badgers. Now it just—it was insane. And the get up for that with the wig and the beard—it um, yeah. took two hours for them to put that on. Yeah. Gilly suit and mud on my face. I felt you like all in. You yeah, yeah, okay. you went all in. Well, I'll sure. take that as a compliment. Thank You're you, welcome, buddy. David. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. All right, let's hop to the next question here uh, from Josh Schilling. He's got a couple. He said, is Tyler really that short? (laughs) Uh, He's not tall. (laughs) (laughs) He's smaller than what you think. I'm surprised he can walk. He's really that funny. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah hilarious. It's naturally funny. Oh, I love that. Well, and it's and it's you know people think I'm like five foot six standing next to the you know the the tree that is David Cohn, and then you know Blake's <laughs> six four. I'm six two, but Tyler, when when we stood next to him, it was uh in the movie. You know the one part, not to give away too much, but but in the gym. Uh, when he goes up to mess with Cone, he's like, I mean, literally, you feel like you can just hop in Cone's backpack and, and get taken to school. 
in the moment he got cast, we just we all high fived each other because oh, we were like, sure. oh, yeah, "There's three of us. You got mm-hmm. a basketball team. We need two more." That was anchored by one Daniel Constantine with being a professional actor, and the fifth, this idea that one of the players is the former ball boy, and that's. Tyler Fisher, a comedian who we love and respect and, and watch all his work. The moment he got cast, we just we knew we were gonna have something special. I still I still think the funniest thing with Tyler wasn't even during the movie, which he was absolutely hilarious. It was the basketball practices we had to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's not like it, I mean, it's not like Tyler's Michael Jordan, none of us are, but it was so funny because the guys we had to practice against we're basically G League basketball players. Yeah. You want anybody under six eight out there? So it's six eight plus me, Jake, and David, and then it Tyler. Was, and then yeah. Tyler's over there in the it was, it was like a college basketball team went to the Shire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing you had to learn. Like you had to it, there. There's there's acting that you do, but then you have to you have to play basketball too. Like you know, you kind of have to have a scripted like sport that you're playing at yeah. the same time. So it's just another level of, of difficulty on top of on top of this. So Yeah. Well to be honest with you, the, the playing basketball is one of the easiest parts because we you know, we all played basketball growing up. It was just, you know, you're having to there's an, a certain outcome that you've got to get to, right? So mm-hmm. I, I felt like the playing basketball was easier than than the acting part. But uh, I thought that's what made it fun and uh, you know, obviously we're all definitely doing those dunks on uh, regulation size <laughs> goals. So. I was actually fifteen. They raised yeah, them. had to raise the they goals to 11 them. feet so he didn't get hurt. We were jumping so high. <laughs> That's incredible. All right, let me hop back over here. Sorry, I'm multitasking. Hope you guys oh, are all really good. proud of me right now. <laughs> all right, let me see. Okay, Dante Salati. What do you say to those who say that conservatives shouldn't produce raunchy comedy? Not me. I love it. <laughs> I mean, what? Like, he's, uh, <laughs> I, I laugh when, when you know, I, I don't look at it as, oh, liberals are funny, or, or conservatives aren't funny. I just think you have people that are funny and people that aren't. I, I mean, there's some people that I don't agree with mm-hmm. politically that I still think are funny. That uh, I, I, I hate when people split it up like that. It's like, oh, well, you know, uh, nobody ever, uh, from this political point of view, has ever made anything funny. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a ridiculous and narrow-minded and mm-hmm. waste of an argument. Because it's obviously not true. You're either funny or you're not funny. It doesn't matter who you voted for. Yeah. And well, the right is, can the right can meme a little better than the left because you have to yeah, be able to look say, at yourself, right? laugh at yourself. You know, um, have like not be offended by by things that are funny. You know, laughter is actually just a reaction. Your body reacting to something yeah. that it didn't expect. An involuntary response, exactly. exactly. And and comedy is so much like food to me in that it's just it's this this personal taste, right? Like no two people have the same taste buds, no two people have the same taste in comedy. So what what clearly is offensive and raunchy to one person who would identify as a conservative or some or political in some way, you know, may not be raunchy at all to another who still identifies uh, on that side of the political spectrum. I think Jeremy Boring has said this well, uh, calling this the purity death spiral Mm -hmm. which is going to be our undoing this like holding ourselves to a to a perfect standard you know of course i think that we should all try and live lives of high high character and integrity but at some point like i said before if you're making a comedy film it should be funny first and foremost and uh, no two people's taste in comedy are going to be the same so you just have to you know take a 95 percent rotten tomatoes audience score and just say hey the majority of people think that this was was funny and on the right track 
Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Rotten Tomatoes, they do do a pretty good job when it is audience score. I wouldn't listen to the critics, though, but the audience... See, that I mean... was the craziest part. <laughs> I thought there was no way we were going to get anything other than a splat by the critics. Mm-hmm. And then we got like a 60% from the <laughs> critics. It just... Uh, that, that again, I think... That's shocking. That's shocking. That's, that's yeah, shocking. That, that I would shocking. not have thought that was going to happen. That's me, little... me either. <laughs> that makes two of us. Yeah, they, they, they must be longing for that kind of comedy to come back, well, too. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. It's like Jeremy Boring and Ben Shapiro have brought an entrepreneurial mindset now to cinema. They've done it with, with political content. They've done it with Jeremy's razors and chocolates. Now they've done it with cinema. They identified a demand in the market mm-hmm. that wasn't being met with a supply, and then they gave it to people with this movie and just look at the response. I mean, that clearly tells you that there there is a demand in the marketplace for like what you said before these old school type comedies these 90s sort of snl and of course not everyone thinks that's hilarious or funny and and hopefully the daily wire will make a lot more content in the comedy space that the person who asked that question they find that funny but maybe you and i don't Mm -hmm. oh i hope that they do there's like i said like i i i need this (laughs) so so (laughs) hopefully especially if you have a bunch of a-list actors like ourselves yeah (laughs) oh absolutely it is an honor and a privilege to be talking to some a-list actors tonight thanks boys all right let me see patrick rawzow i'm sorry i butchered your name how has the backlash been i haven't heard much so i'm assuming it's doing good now with that said i'm just waiting for the meltdown uh, you, you've already seen some people melt down about it. Uh, here's here's what I keep saying: the people that were going to hate it before it even came out, they're going to hate it, right? But I think the positive, the overwhelming response has been in the positive, and to me, I mean, that's even more motivating. But they, they try to ignore it as much as they can, right? But then all of a sudden, you see, you know, MSNBC starts trashing it, and then this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day. Um, I think it's it's been such an overwhelmingly positive response because again the movie's funny like mm-hmm. that, that that that's that's its job was to be funny but it also you know did something like Dave was talking about that hasn't happened in a while and mocked some of the stuff in society that we all know needs to be mocked or, or that if anything's going to be mocked should be mocked so uh, as far as backlash it's been your typical people that were always going to freak out oh this movie's transphobic <laughs> oh it's racist somebody said it's anti-semitic i was like dude are you serious <laughs> like that's a hard sell bud that's well, a I'd, real hard sell. i'd be more worried to be honest with you if there wasn't any backlash mm. yeah that's very true yeah I, I don't think it did well enough if there's not any backlash so to me the more backlash the better if msnbc and all these places are trashing it that's how you know it's good Yes, and I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in some of these leftist reviews because you can obviously tell which ones of them were written without watching the film. I mm-hmm. mean, because we were in it, we know it so completely. Like Jake saying, when you have a review that calls it anti-Semitic, I mean, just go ahead and type on there that you didn't watch it, but you don't want to and you don't like it or something. What I'm disappointed in is that there's, there's legitimately a character in this film, that's Daniel's character, that is going through some sort of gender dysphoria. I mean, you can tell it throughout the arc of the movie i've yet to see a review from any sort of leftist publication that's accurately done a character study and and at least um accurately portrayed that character even if they hated the rest of the movie or still found it to be transphobic writ large right they haven't even done that and so to me that's disappointing yeah this question kind of follows up on that so can this is from this too shall pass and he says can each of you relay your favorite liberal triggered freak out response and a follow-up 
Did you watch any of the old comedies when you were allowed to be funny as inspiration? And if so, which ones? What vibes did you go for? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'll start. I would say probably the one that the one that, that, that freaked out the most that I thought was the funniest that you could tell um, di- didn't really watch the film. I, I, I thought it's like the first one that pops up. The guy, it's, somebody, it's a trans individual that reviews movies. I, and it was the first negative review I saw, but it literally listed all the things that I just said in the title of the review. Like, and it's like the worst comedy you've ever seen. And you can tell the person didn't, didn't, didn't review it. But MSNBC freaking out. I mean, I think that, that takes the cake. That, that, was, that was hard to top. And again, like Blaine said, that's how you know it's good. Um, and then the second question was, uh, what was the second question on there? Oh, let me bump back. The comedy references. Yes, oh, yes. Yeah, listen, I grew up, I've watched, I watch them all the time anyway. So it was, it was just like a, a normal routine in my life. I mean, if Dodgeball's on, I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Wedding Crashers, old school. I mean, even movies like Accepted. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, going back all the way to Caddyshack. I mean, that, that's what we watch in, in our house. So. Yeah, I, I did watch Dodgeball a couple of times uh, in a row just because I hadn't seen it in a while, and, and mm-hmm. uh, it's, I always enjoy watching it. But Tropic Thunder as well, Benchwarmers, um, I love watching those movies anyway, so it was, uh, it was the best homework ever. Oh, definitely. Right? Um, uh, well, uh, probably the biggest freak out, but it wasn't a video or anything like that. It was really right after you. Keith Olbermann. And I've never seen a man get destroyed and roasted like I've ever seen on Twitter. I've I've never seen a lot of thousand. I think a thousand commas of just people tearing him apart. And I loved every second of it. It was it was like hyenas. Hyenas just ripping apart a gazelle. If there's ever a person that needs a habit to, it's definitely Keith Olderman, his mom. (laughs) Do you remember uh, it was shortly after Elon bought Twitter? Keith Olbermann, remember they banned a bunch of journalists just to like see what would happen if they did that? And yeah, Keith Olbermann yeah. got banned. And so he came on, he started talking from his dogs. He had created a, a Twitter account through his dog. <laughs> yeah. And so he was yeah. on his dog's Twitter. And Elon's like, I'm going to leave him there just for my amusement. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. Well, the, week before, the week before the tweet Blaine's talking about, Keith Olbermann said he was leaving Twitter. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, well, it's sad. It's sad about Keith Olbermann because I grew up like watching sports and like mm-hmm. Keith Olbermann was one of like the main people and then he just then he just went to Shutter Island. I don't know. Freaked out. Like over over like you went to Shutter Island over men playing in women's sports. Yeah, like, like, dumb, I like, a, like I have a ten month old daughter now. It's like I can't even I can't even comprehend the idea that she would one have to compete against mm-hmm. grown men, but then also like share a locker room space. But you know, I mean, to the to the triggered. Um, um, reviews like like jake was talking about the one that called the film anti-semitic that was so laughable and we found it right before we interviewed ben shapiro this, <laughs> this past week and yeah. so i just had to ask ben i said how dare you you know <laughs> so anti-semitic so that was worth a good laugh um but then on the on the comedy films i mean the answer is of course yes we watch as many as we we could get our hands on even movies that we've seen multiple times but from when we found out this project was going to happen to the first day we walked on set i mean i probably watched dodgeball 
another dozen times. Mm-hmm. Wedding crashers and old school, everything that, that Jake and Blaine are talking about. But then particularly, Jeremy wanted me to channel some internal Will Ferrell mm-hmm. uh, with, with this role. And so, you know, even going back, like you were talking about, to the old school SNL days mm-hmm. or even some films of his that I'm not as big of a fan of, like Semi-Pro, rewatched as many of those as I could. And then Chris Farley as well. I mean, I mm-hmm. think when you really look at the work he does in, yeah. in a film like Tommy Boy or mm-hmm. some of his SNL stuff, um, with the motivational speaker, like all of that is just prime time comedic acting. Yeah, there's nobody quite like Chris Farley, and I don't know if there ever will be. Just he becomes mm-hmm. whoever, whoever he's. He is 100% in human hurricane. <laughs> yeah, it's in- incredible, and his energy just never faltered at all. Like, oh gosh, I miss him terribly. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Next question. Okay, here we go. Jarhead, listening to something else and coming, will it be available to buy on platforms like Amazon and Vudu? Mm. Well, you know, it, it's the easiest way to do it. It's on the Daily Wire Plus. Like, it's it's was the number one streaming uh, movie uh, overall and because it streams from one place. I From the future, to be honest with you, um, that's, that's a little bit above my pay grade, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, the, becoming a subscriber over the daily wire plus that's the move, man. I'm telling you, if you go over, you become a subscriber, you watch the movie, there's so much more great content in there. Uh, and it's definitely worth it. I think Jeremy Boring and Michael Knowles were talking to each other and they said, look, the daily wire made a movie that only the daily wire could make. So of course we have to put it on dailywireplus.com. Like that's the place to get it. Mm-hmm. So for now, and, and look, as long as it keeps doing as well as it has, I think that's where it's going to stay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense for sure. Uh, let me see. Royalty Riggs asks, did a prop or a costume piece accidentally come home with y'all? Or is there something that you wish you could have all the time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, look, I, I wish there's, I, I wanted the shoes. I wanted those sneakers. Do you have your bow, Jake? Do you have your hair bow? Uh, no, I do not have the hair bow. I, w- I want one of the jerseys. I want, I want a my jersey wife, too. My wife wants me to get the bow. <laughs> Did you get anything, Blame? <laughs> Blame? Did you uh-huh. get anything? Oh, Blaine dropped down. Hold on, let me add him. There we go. Oh, what? I, I thought he was just going silent, so he didn't have to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get anything? No, I'm He left the space, right so he didn't now. have to answer. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I mean, look, maybe I do, maybe I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I won't admit to anything. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I took off with anything. I got a couple uh, call sheets from, from production that was pretty cool. I maybe I think my wife has some plans to hang those up or something. Yeah. I got I actually got some lady baller straws from the after party. So like, oh, I did <laughs> too. I did too. I got to get that stuff. Yeah. Well, I, you know, everybody is innocent here on Spaces with Josie. So Thank there you. are no thieves here. Uh, let me see. Next question from Poison Alley. And and if anybody has a question, you arrive late, you can drop it in the comments just right there on the bottom right corner. Go ahead and drop down, ask your ask your question in there, and I'll, I'll get to it and read it out loud. All right, so this question is from Poison Alley. Will the Lady Ballers ever have a cameo in Mr. Burcham? Mm, you're going to have to find out. Question. Yeah, you're going to have to find out. <laughs> I you have Daily Wire Plus or not? That's the real question. That's the, yeah. It's it, the first thing you should ask yourself when you wake up in the morning is like, do I have Daily Wire Plus? Like that's and, and if you say no to that, well, you know the first thing you got to do. So I got, uh, I got I don't offered, know. Uh, I got offered the role of Blaine Crane in that. In that, but I don't think <laughs> I can pull that oh, off. Wow. 
Wow, oh, no. that's crazy. It's our big that's shoes crazy. to fill. Yeah, I got off the roller David cut, and I'll never fill those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> what size are your shoes, David? 13. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> what size are they in your language? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're convinced David's a different planet. I'm not an alien. He never sweats. <laughs> I'm sweating right now. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's nerve-wracking here. Look at these questions. All right, next question from Dave the Meme Smith. Is anybody trying to get it canceled? Um, there's here's there's two ways to try and cancel it, right? It's it's calling it all these anti, you know, phobic this, phobia that. Um, and then they're trying to ignore it. Like, they tried to ignore it for as long as possible, and then obviously it, it did so well that they had to start acknowledging it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... so uh, yeah, but, but it's not going to work because, again, if you actually watch it and you take the time, whether you believe in it, whether you don't believe in it, you take the time to watch it, you realize that, that it is an old school comedy. And at the end of the day, it's not it's not being mean spirited. It's, it's mocking something, but it has heart to it. And it's hard for me to explain it if you haven't seen it. But I think that's one of the reasons it's done so well, too, is that it has so much heart to it. And there's a message and there's moments in there that people can really relate to because I think there's a lot of similar conversations going on between parents and, and kids. And it's, yes, it's an important, yes, it's something that, that needs to, to be mocked in certain ways, but I think that balance uh, is what makes it makes it special. Yeah, yeah I really I get dodgeball vibes from it. Like, oh, yeah, like, that's, that's what we were going for. And I think a lot of woke-minded people right now, they're actually shocked that we were able to pull this off without being hateful or mean-spirited. Yeah. Now, of course, to their ideology, there are aspects of this that are always going to be triggering or, or, or hateful or transphobic, but I think they are shocked. Like, how could they tackle this subject without being hateful on the individual level, but sort of mocking the absurdity and more more like the emperor has no clothes on mm -hmm. with the public accepting yeah. it is like really what the film is pointing out. But when I really understood what like viral status this movie had reached was when Riley Gaines was testifying before Congress just a couple days after the movie's release. Mm -hmm. And there are, you know, sitting congressmen mentioning the film, talking about the movie as it pertains to keeping men out of women's sports and trying to save women's sports. That was that was astonishing. I, I loved her testimony because they, they told her she was transphobic and then she said something like, well, then you're a misogynist. And they tried to strike it from the congressional record saying yeah. that it, it was mean or something. It was, it was about character. And then uh, the committee came up and they're like, nope, you can't do it. So then she had to withdraw her comment about it trying to strike it so it was, it was summer lee i think was the congresswoman who, who did that yeah it was very brilliant riley's incredible we're both in a calendar by the way uh that just came out uh through the conservative beer company so mm -hmm. if y'all nice. wanna yep so anybody listening you can go to my highlights tap on my page and look there and uh order that calendar you can get it by christmas get that calendar yeah riley is a smoke show right on the cover of it he's uh, the best mm -hmm. all right this next question looks like it's more for me no do not become an Auburn fan. Personally, oh. personally, I Bye. recommend the That's Alabama the Crimson Tide. Oh, no, no. <laughs> but no since, don't fall for it, Joseph. No. <laughs> but since, since, you are living, <laughs> since you are living in Florida, you could always go with the Florida Gators. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. Not right now. Not Jersey, right now, you don't. The CCP has a lot of accounts on Twitter. Be really Yeah, good. they do. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, it's 100% a trap. Mm -hmm. 
All right, here we go. Um, this is from Texas Ed. You have long talked about movies not looking like the sport they are portraying. How much consulting did you do to make the film accurate on film? Oh, yeah. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. I mean, a lot of it. Coach K from Duke. Yeah, you know, we <laughs> yeah. had Coach K and Nick Saban there. It was great. No, uh, in reality, I mean, a, a lot of it, again, I, I felt like that was the easiest part for us because if you played sports, you understand what, like, the, the real thing looks like. And, and um, you know, we did have a, a basketball coach that, that installed plays, which that was great. We really appreciate him. But um, we did want to make it look realistic, especially after we have, like, a whole segment of our show making fun of sports movies that look unrealistic. So we couldn't join that list. We had to make it look somewhat real. Sure. And there is a difference, right, between slapstick comedy and, mm -hmm. and some of these, like, dramatic sports films where, like, you legitimately need to portray these athletes in the most elite status possible. In a slapstick comedy, sure, there are elements, you know, just like you see in the trailer where – Tyler Fisher goes up to dunk and he yeah. needs to do it poorly to sell the gag. Mm. Uh, let me see. Next question here is from AZ Cactus Flower. What's your favorite part of the movie of yourself? Mm. Mm. Favorite scene you did? I think, I think, uh, and again, I'm not trying to give too much away. Mm -hmm. I think me and Blaine's commercial at the, at the car dealership. It's fantastic. It is it's <laughs> genius. It was just so fun to shoot. Mm -hmm. Like, if I get, like, it's so fun. Like, I, I never thought I would check this box off. But acting with your brother, because a lot of it, when you're, we're doing what we're doing, it's timing. It's timing. Chemistry, it's, yeah. timing. It was chemistry and timing. And what a better person to do that with mm -hmm. other than your brother. It was basically just, you know, I was just Ed, Edward Allen Poe to sit down and just poetry was being written mm -hmm. the entire time. Even the directors were like, wow, guys, I mean, you, Heath Ledger, I mean, uh -huh. Jake Gyllenhaal's amazing. I'm trying to be the better acting performances. I'm trying to be the Joker. Guys, that scene is fantastic. It really is great. And the editing is perfect, too. It's just, it's so The absurd. music, too. It, the, the music, music everything like, works. I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't enjoy throwing my brother through tables, because I did. It was extremely fun. <laughs> yeah, and that's real, too, man. You guys were really going through tables. Um, for, for, so if she qualified it by saying that the scene that we're in, I would have to say the cabin and the whole badger scene for me, just because, like I said, to lean into the absurdity of that and to be able to get like this wig and this beard. I mean, the head makeup artist on this, Jeff Dawn, mm -hmm. was the head makeup artist on 19 Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. Like, he's an Academy yeah. Award winner for, for Terminator 2. And so. Jeff, and he's the nicest guy in the world, he's coming up showing me all of these photos uh, with, for, for, for reference on what we're going to do, and he's bringing me pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger from Predator with mud all over his face. And he's like, hey, this is what we did for Arnold on Predator. Like, I was thinking about this when you're in the ghillie suit. And I just thought, is this real life? Like, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger's makeup artist, Academy yeah. Award winner, and we're going to go out here and shoot this cabin in the woods scene. So, again, it's just like an awesome opportunity, and I hope that it delivered for everyone. Yeah, that's that's incredible. That's going to be almost otherworldly for you, like, like just kind of looking at what's happening, like yeah. an out-of-body experience almost. I was like, how did y'all make his muscles look so big? Can y'all do that for me? Like, <laughs> going to shade him? Like, y'all do? <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and then there's something special about working with your brother. There's a kind of chemistry that you have that oh, yeah. you can't really fake with other people. You either have it or you don't, so that had to be pretty special too. Yeah, it was, it's, you know, that, that telepathy going on and being able, we say a lot, have to say a lot of stuff in the movie at the same time, mm -hmm. and it just, 
when you have like kind of the same timing and, and sense of humor as the other person, I, that makes that a whole heck of a lot easier. Did you guys play Brothers one... in the movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Half, half brother yeah. twins. Half if, you brother want to find twin. out, if you want to find out more about being half brother twins, just watch the movie. <laughs> that's one of the best parts of it. But I think there was one scripted scene of you guys throwing each other through a table and jeremy watched it the first time and thought it was so great he was like we have to add like five more of these in the movie yeah and that's like every we, scene he's like yeah. you know what why don't we just have jake throw blame through a table in this or yeah something. i was like every day i'd go to the set waiting for the rock to show up yeah. <laughs> that's perfect uh, let's jump to this next question. And again, if y'all arrived late and you have a question, go ahead and drop it in the comments down there, bottom right corner. All right, this next question is from Ryan Gade. What was the most difficult part of shooting this movie? Uh, well, again, this is this is my first movie set uh, to ever ever be on outside of you know the James Bond movies I used to do. But um, no, it's the first movie set I ever went on, and I thought when you did a scene like. Everybody's in the scene. If everybody does good, like, all right, you move on from that scene. I didn't realize that you shoot the same scene from, like, 12 different angles. Yeah. So it's so much more hurry up and wait mm -hmm. than what I thought. And I'm, I'm, you know, like, excited to go out there and, like, do my thing and get to my part and, tr and you know, try to make it funny and, and make it good. Uh, that, that the waiting, like, the stop-start that was um there were long days too I, it was a it was a very eye-opening experience for me but you know not that it was bad but it was just a surprise it was unexpected mm. and i do i do come from a filmmaking background so i've directed projects for the 10 years before i've met jake and blaine and and moved to nashville so that part of it wasn't um surprising to me but i've never been on the acting side of it not on this level right mm -hmm. and so especially when you're talking about having to transform yourself and to get back into basketball shape i mean to do you know you think about it like okay there's some camera cheats and you know you just run up and down the court a couple times i mean when you do that take after take after take with all of the coverage that jake is talking about and it's 2 a.m and you've shot for 17 hour days i mean at some point it's like hey there's no movie magic here this is like you really have to get after it and put in a full day's work and then you know not to give too many spoilers away but when we're playing against the lady ballers in the final game i mean that stuff is real and that stuff hurt and yeah, we're up yeah. against the clock trying to wrap out of a out of the nashville municipal auditorium <laughs> at 3 a.m like it's there's it's it's an intense experience for sure yeah, I would have to agree. It's the physical stuff. That's what it was. It's not like even before the movie started, you know, we're practicing with these guys three times a week and we're running scrimmages against these yeah. absolute massive people, elbows True. to the face. And then you get into the movie, not only running up and down the court, but, um, you know, there's some dunk scenes in there where you have to physically put your body on the line to make the scene what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so people, I separated my shoulder in this, Ooh. almost cracked my tailbone. You know, we had, I it was a grind. Now, and I think a lot of it, you know, especially with us three, you know, going through, through sports, you know, they, it kind of prepared us. There's nothing tougher than a week four on a Wednesday when you have to go out there and practice, uh, you know. Yeah. So like, you and it's like a dance. You got to get from A to B, and you got to do that 12 times, you yeah. know. And you have 16-hour days, and, yeah, it really adds up. Yeah, I'm not a 21-year-old in college anymore, you know. At some point, <laughs> I try to find Lance Armstrong's van, maybe get some blood doping stuff going on. Yeah, so I, yeah. I oh, and you did. That's why your head got bigger for the movie. <laughs> I won't tell. Your secret's safe here on Spaces with Josie. All right, let's yes. see. 
Uh, next question is from Nipple Man. All right. Oh, God, I was wondering how he was doing. Hey, <laughs> yeah, Grandpa, get off it. <laughs> uh, let's see. When is the prequel going to start production? We need to know what Matt Walsh blog's terrible upbringing that brought him to this point. Obviously, he's all coming down to be dumped by his high school sweetheart, real Candace Owens. There's yeah. the draft look, for your writers. <laughs> look, I'm telling you, there's, I'm, you know, I, there, there, I'm sure that there'll be, a, there'll be something coming. But what, one of the best parts about this movie is there's so many spinoffs that could happen because of just the universe that was created yeah. by this movie. And Matt Walsh was, I mean, Matt. Look, I knew Matt was funny. I mean, we've talked to Matt before, but like Matt's like legitimately like hilarious. He's a genius. It's it's so antithetical i'm pretty sure that's the word to, to, mm -hmm. to what he he truly is and i mean he sold it man the, the opening scene when you meet matt matt walsh mm -hmm. is legitimately hilarious i was uh so, i was i was thrilled for him um in his acting debut as well he's he has such an incredible delivery of how he says anything that i mean everything he touches turned to gold he just, and he's funny. Like, he has yes. timing. He has, like, comedic timing. Yes, it's very natural. And he's very deadpanned when he does things, which makes it just over the top. Yeah. This, this is a comment from Jason Whitlock. Hi, Jason. Hey, Jason. Uh, Jason. Said, great job, gents. I don't like anything. Loved the Lady Ballers. Wow, man. That means a lot. From yeah, totally. Jason went like one of the best. The guy we've we've been lucky uh, enough to interview a couple times, brother. Really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, we're uh, we're unbelievably excited with it. And uh, let's link up soon. And we had Jason on the show to talk about the WNBA thing. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, exactly. right. We had him exactly. on the show, and he said I'd be Defensive Player of the Year, and I appreciate that's it. Right. That's right. We you know, I think I would, but he, I, I think he said I only averaged about eight points. I feel like he doesn't like you saw the the shot. All right, in, in, in the movie, Jason. I'm at least averaging twelve and a half a game. That's incredible. I mean, we've been big Jason Whitlock fans for a long time. I'm so a sure. big fan of you now. Is awesome, but mm -hmm. now for him to watch the film is crazy too. And Jason, go blue, brother. We got a big one at the end of this month. Mm -hmm. They're missing everybody's. They're Michigan or Bama fans. That's what I figured out. That's why you got to be Auburn, Jesse. Okay. Everybody else is a Michigan fan or a Bama fan. That's what you learn. Yeah. So so yeah. I gotta. Is it under? I gotta. I gotta go for the underdog being the Auburn fan. Well, well, well yeah. I mean, look, it goes back and forth. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you, you have a pure heart. That's why you're an Auburn. Yeah. Who did you root for in Star Wars? That's the real question. That was your answer. Excellent. I'll I'll keep that in mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up some some Auburn gear. Vader fan actually. <laughs> Surprise me. Uh, let me see this next question. No soup for Knowles says, "Were you guys wearing prosthetics in the flashback? And what was it like seeing yourselves young?" Uh, were we wearing prosthetics? Um, no, those were like I was that that was that was all me. But that's me. Yeah. Um. I th look the, the technical stuff they did on this movie. Uh, I thought it was amazing, and you got to understand, we didn't see it until the premiere. So, like, I hadn't seen that first scene and what they've been able to do to it. Um, I, I thought it was just amazing, but yeah, I, look, I'm going to be real with y'all. It's one thing, like, I see myself. You know, we talk about sports on a daily basis. So I see myself on social media, whatever, whatever clips of the show, and I'm used to seeing myself in that light. Mm -hmm. It's so different when you go to a movie theater and sit into a movie theater and then watch yourself in a movie. Like, the, the second time I watched it over at your house, David, when we premiered it on, on Friday when it broke all those records, 
Um, I felt like I actually that's the first time I really watched the movie because it was just it was didn't so get better. Yeah, yeah, it was better. I thought it was better the second Lane, time. Lane, you said that too. No, I thoroughly well the first time I went and watched it is just I overanalyzed every little thing I did. I think yeah. it's human nature. Yeah. Right, it was the first time for me. But the second time when we got to your house, I actually thoroughly enjoyed watching the movie and I looked at it from a standpoint if I wasn't in it. And the message keeps you here, but the comedy takes you back. And I think that's what makes the movie so great. That's such a great way to put it. And as far as no soup for Noel's question, I find it to be extremely ageist and uh, (laughs) and we are in our prime as a matter of fact. Yes. Hell yeah. I agree with that. Okay. Next question is Mikey Pox. I want to know if Tyler kept everyone on the set in stitches. Everything he does is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like you got to understand it's all feeding, like, one machine of everybody making each other laugh. Like, there would be points where we wouldn't even be recording what we're – they're just having to get, like, a shot of us from a certain angle, and yeah. we'd be saying stuff making each other laugh. I, I mean, I'm sure the crew sometimes <clears throat> got a little upset with us because we kept everybody longer because we, we just kept saying stuff. And Tyler <laughs> – Tyler probably said to me, the hardest I laughed on set uh, was when they weren't even recording. Yeah. When when we go up to his house, there's, there's a part of the movie, you can see this on the, the trailer, mm-hmm. uh, where he opens the door and he's, he's got his cat, but they just had to shoot us from the back walking up. <laughs> and it's the first time we meet, and Tyler <laughs> opens the door, we're not even recording, and before we say anything, he goes, let me guess. You want to dress up like women and play basketball? <laughs> <laughs> it was just so funny, and they weren't even recording it. I mean, they're like they were. They were basically we were trying to do two things right throughout the filming of the movie. One, don't be the guy who laughs and ruins a take whenever someone like Tyler or anyone has an ad lib line. And then two, if you're going to ad lib a line, be the person who breaks Jeremy. Right? I mean, For if sure. the director laughs, then you know you have a great line, right? Well, I I feel like I did a pretty solid job on that first one. Like I wasn't blowing takes i was able to you know hang with these like high level comedians mm-hmm. scene after scene but there was just one scene in the locker room when tyler yeah. fisher boys you know what i'm talking about we walked in with this huge like gas station bag of ice in the at halftime every single line he ad-libbed i just cracked up laughing because anytime i would get prepared for what he said the previous take he would change it and then i just i couldn't stop laughing it was yeah. hilarious but i think a lot of it if you ever watch how south park you know, makes their kind of what they're going to do in episode. That's kind of how it was on set. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of creative, and it's so organic, like the the, the ad libs and what actually comes out. So I think all of us did a great job of not breaking. Yeah. Honest, if anything, we all did a great job breaking Jeremy, which made everything better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all don't want to be Jimmy Fallon on the set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how many times or, did he or, break? Or, or off the set. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, gosh, this has been such a fun interview. It flew right by. I have a hard stop at 8, unfortunately, but I could have... This has been, like, probably one of my more fun interviews. I really appreciate you guys being here. Well, we yeah, appreciate of course, you. Thank you, guys. And, and check out Lady Ballers. Go to Daily Wire Plus. Yes. Uh, stream it now. See what we're talking about. Absolutely. And if, if y'all want to follow any of my guests, uh, Jake, Blaine, or David, just go ahead and click their pictures. You can follow them there. Are there anywhere else you guys would be followed, or is X really the place to be? Uh, I mean, I'm Instagram. Instagram, Instagram we're on that one too. Cool. You know? and we have a Crane and Company account as well on TikTok and uh, on Twitter. Cool, awesome. All right, well, thank you so much again for being here. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Josie. I'm the Redheaded Libertarian. Um, I'll be having Zuby on my show on uh, Thursday. 
And uh, this Saturday is the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party, so I'm going to teach you all about that in a space on Saturday. Uh, so, um, yeah, you can go ahead and um, follow me here just uh, by clicking my picture. You can go to TimCast.com, become a subscriber, help support our work over there. And otherwise, just, uh, yeah, just uh, thanks thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, go ahead and um, and uh, go, watch, uh, go watch Lady Ballers and... Uh, then head over to IRL uh, tonight. I'm not sure who the guest is, but it's always a really cool time. Um, so yeah, everybody take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and thank you all for being here tonight. Thank you, Josie. Peace. Bye, guys.